he, Cal, and Pearlie were doing that very thing when he came across the wolves. Looking up, Smoke saw Cal approaching him from the north end of the canyon opening, while at the same time Pearlie was approaching from the south. Even if he had not been able to see them, he would know they were coming toward him, because each of them was leaving a long black trail in the snow. Cal reached him first. What was the shooting? Wolves, Smoke answered. Yeah, Cal said. Well, you can't much blame them, I guess. They're probably having as hard a winter as we are. Same with all the other creatures, which is why they're going after cattle rather than deer. Wolves? Pearlie asked, arriving then. Yes, they were after a calf, Smoke said. Too bad you didn't see him a little earlier. What do you mean? Pearlie twisted in his saddle and pointed back down the black smear that marked his path through the snow. Three calves back there, or what's left of them, killed by wolves. Maybe we ought to put out some poisoned meat, Cal suggested. Smoke shook his head. I don't care to do that. Besides, there are enough animals around, frozen to death, that they probably wouldn't take the bait. You'd think they'd go after the dead ones and leave the live ones alone, Pearlie said. The dead ones are frozen hard as a rock. They want something alive because it's warmer and easier to eat, Smoke said. Speaking of something warm and easy to eat, you think maybe Miss Sally fixed us up any bear claws? Pearlie asked. Does the sun come up in the east? Cal asked. Smoke chuckled. I expect she did, he said. He stood in his stirrups and looked down toward the small herd. We've got them in the canyon now. That's about all we can do for them. Let's head for the house. The three started back toward the house, which was some five miles distant. A ride that, in good weather, would take no more than thirty minutes, stretched into an hour because of the heavy fall of snow. The horses labored to cut through the drifts, which were sometimes chest-high, and their heavy breathing formed clouds of vapor that drifted away into the fading light. The three riders said nothing, lost in their own thoughts as they rode back toward the main house. The oldest of the three, and the ranch owner, was Kirby Smoke Jensen. Smoke stood just over six feet tall, and had shoulders as wide as an axe handle, and biceps as thick as most men's thighs. He had never really known his mother, and when he was barely in his teens, he went with his father into the mountains to follow the fur trade. The father and son teamed up with a legendary mountain man called Preacher. For some reason, unknown even to Preacher, the mountain man took to the boy and began to teach him the ways of the mountains, how to live when others would die, how to be a man of your word, and how to fear no other living creature. On the first day they met, Preacher, whose real name was Art, gave Kirby a new name. That name, Smoke, would one day become a legend in the West. And after a while, even Kirby thought of himself as Smoke Jensen. Smoke was in his thirties, a happily married landowner whose ranch, Sugarloaf, had the potential to be one of the finest ranches in the state. For the last three or four years, Sugarloaf had lived up to its potential, 
so much so that Smoke had borrowed money to expand the ranch. He bought more land, built a new barn and bunkhouse, added onto the big house, and bought more cattle. Then the winter hit. Blizzard followed blizzard as the temperature plummeted to record lows. All across the West, cattle died in record numbers. Tens of thousands of cattle froze to death. Thousands more died of starvation because they couldn't get to the food, while nearly as many died of thirst because the streams and creeks were frozen solid under several feet of snow. Ironically, the smaller ranchers were better able to ride it out than the bigger ranchers, who had more land, more cattle, and much more to lose. In one terrible winter, Smoke Jensen had gone from being one of the wealthiest...